Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, buddy. How are you? I like your setup behind you. You look like you've been uh, shooting videos yesterday. Thanks, man. This is my office. I'm not even, I don't have a green screen background today. Oh, <laughs> and you're not in a car. You're not driving in a car. This is true. So, so Gabe is an amazing guy. If you guys don't know Gabe, he's an amazing agent, uh, runs a team in uh, Orange County, Irvine area, Southern California. And I've known Gabe actually since high school. We have known each other for what, like 20 years more. 25. 25 years, however old we are. A long time. And uh, Gabe, when I asked Gabe to, to host an Agent Power Huddle this morning, I said, all right, Gabe, um, you're good at a lot of things. But one thing that was interesting about Gabe is he is one of the few agents I know who has managed to dramatically increase his price point over the years. And he also covers luxury. So for those of you who are looking to break into luxury, Gabe can shed some light on that. But even if you don't want to necessarily do luxury, just to increase your price point, Gabe has some pretty good uh, strategies that he's used, including actually like moving where he lives, right? So well, I don't know where you want to start. You want to start telling your story? Or where, where are we starting today? Yeah, no, we can start with that. And, and you know, when you were talking about how long we've known each other, since we've known each other since we were probably 15 in high school, I would have never imagined going back when we were 15, someone saying, hey, one day you're gonna you know, be partners with Jesse Zagorski and, and you're gonna be doing Zoom calls and, and uh, doing real estate together. I would've been like, what? That guy with the long hair and the place on the <laughs> end, you're crazy. <laughs> totally. Here, buddy. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I've been. I started in real estate when I was 21. I got I got into it right out of college, and um, you know, I think if I if I went back in time, I probably knowing what I know now, I would have just tried to start out at a higher price point. Um, and part of that was you know the environment that I came into, um, and. Oh, we, we lost you, Gabe. Hold on. Uh, unmute yourself there. There yeah. you go. Uh, box came up saying I was muted. Yeah, sorry. We, we lost you. So you said you, you would have started off uh, at a higher price point, right? I would have I started off at a higher price point going back in time. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. And I, I cut my teeth on, on condos. And, um, you know, my first sale for Orange in, in Orange County was like 150000 And I met these folks at, a, at, a, at an open house and sold their condo and then helped them buy a $400,000 home. But, you know, I was, I was kind of getting to know the business and, and learning and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but when I look at the fundamentals and the difference between selling a $300,000 home and a $3 million home, there's really no difference in the fundamentals of the sale. It's just adding an extra zero. onto it, Right. So I think that a lot of people that are, you know, maybe in, in a, lower price point and want to increase their price point, you first have to get over that hurdle, um, which is the mindset. Now, the approach and the marketing is definitely going to be different, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but that's nothing that um, you can't emulate other agents or emulate what other people are doing in the high end. Um, but really, um, I wanted to dive into that a little bit is, is, is the mindset. You've got to believe that you can if you can sell three, four, five hundred thousand dollar listings all day long, you can do the same thing on a higher price point property. 
right? So, so part of it is going to be the mindset. Now, in order to before before I go any further, I'd like to just get a maybe if people can type into the chat box, like maybe what their average price point is in their market and what you would consider a luxury price property in your market. So as I'm waiting for those to come in, in my market, you know, the average price point in my market area in Orange County is, is still a great price point compared to a lot of markets. I mean, the average is probably 750,000 and that gets you, you know, kind of an entry level house. Um, I have two prop, uh, luxury price points in my market. One I would call inland Orange County and one I would call coastal. So inland Orange County, you're looking at $2 million is a luxury property in inland Orange County. And when you go to the coast, Newport Beach, uh, Corona Del Mar, Newport Coast, $2 million buys you a teardown. I mean, literally, I work with developers and they're buying teardown lots for $2 million and they're building, you know, four or five, $6 million homes on them. So, okay, I see average 365, luxury a million plus. Um, 750 average, 1.75 luxury, 600 luxury, 500 luxury. This is good to see. So maybe you're selling $200,000 homes and you want to jump up into the five or $600,000 range. Anything I talk about today, just because I'm talking about bigger numbers, just have it equate to your market, right? So if you're wanting to increase your price point, all, all of the things that I'm saying today um, can kind of hold true in, in any market. So my, my story is I, I kind of was the condo king, right? Like I started a farm where I lived. I was 22 years old, um, newly married. I, I felt very comfortable in the condo market. That's where um, people were kind of more my age, young families just starting out. And so that comfort level kept me there for, for quite some time. And my average price point was probably about 600000 um, and when I was doing that, and I was selling probably 36 homes a year. Um, so I was doing, you know, well as, as a, as a younger, newer agent. Um, but we made the, the conscious decision back in 2012 to move from, um, where we had lived in an area called Ladera Ranch, where I had been doing all that business. And we moved to Newport beach, which is about 30 minutes away. Um, what I was finding was one, we love the area. And so we wanted to raise our family there. Um, but two, I definitely had a desire to kind of up my game and step up into a higher price point and start working more of a, a luxury market. So the first suggestion that I have, and, and not everyone here needs to go and pick up and move and find, find a new home, but there's probably a market area, whether it's immediately next to you or within a 30 minute drive of you that you could probably find higher price point listings. And the first thing that I have on my notes here is that you need to dress and act the part. So I think you need to upgrade yourself and you need to observe how higher end clients dress and act and then emulate them, right? So people like to do business with people that they relate to, uh, people that they like, people they trust, people they feel like are on uh, the same playing field as them, people they can network with, interact with. So if you are feeling that, you know, your price point, you want to double it, right? You need to kind of start hanging out in the places where those clientele are, are frequent, right? So when I was in our previous market, all my clientele were um, in the six dollars and $700,000 price range. And there's nothing wrong with that. I still work that market. I still help uh, my past clients. I still work in that price point. But when I started interacting more with the people in my in my new market in Newport Beach, um, I had my kids in that in those schools. 
So I was then meeting the parents that were living in those areas. We would frequent different restaurants in those areas where we would run into people and meet people. Um, so I, 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 I basically put myself in that environment. And then a couple of other things that I did to talk about, I wanted to build my network, right? So I didn't know people in Newport Beach. I, I didn't know anyone. So what did I have to do? I had to go out there and start meeting people and networking. So a couple of things that I did um, that I can share with you is I started a networking group. Um, many of you probably have heard of BNI, Business Networking International. There's another big one called LATIP. Um, there's different meetups that you can join. Uh, but BNI was um, highly sought after by real estate agents and loan officers, and they are typically the first position to get filled in a group. So I had to start my own. Um, I uh, they, they, uh, the leadership in BNI they they walk you through how to set it up and they help you get your group up and running. But I I formed it. I started inviting people. I started um, trying to network with um, kind of like. CPAs and attorneys and because the people that you want in this group, you absolutely want those people that are in touch with these higher end um, clientele because they're the ones that will be able to refer you business. So that was one thing I did. I actually became the president of my BNI organization and ran that for probably about three or four years um, and, and definitely got referrals and met uh, attorneys. I got I ended up uh, on a separate side note, I built a, a strong relationship with a trust attorney that came through another referral. And the trust attorney, you know, has given me you know plenty of referrals to date. And then I will typically, um, you know, try to always go above and beyond for those clients. Whoever is whoever I'm networking with, I always want to try to add value to the relationship. So I'm not always asking like, hey, do you know anyone? This or that, like. If you're doing great things for them and you're adding value to them and they know what you're doing and you're staying top of mind with them, then they will refer you business. So that that's another thing. Um, I talked a little bit before about mindset is key. Um, you know, you have to believe that and have the confidence when you're working with these clients that you can help them succeed with their real estate transaction. Because you know, if you're if you're feeling uncomfortable or you're doubting yourself, then it's going to shine through. The, the, when you're meeting with these clients, they're going to know that you know you're you're not kind of up to the standards of being able to help them with their with their higher end purchase or their luxury sale. So I think you get your mindset right and um, you know get committed, right? So if this is something you want to do, what I had found out is that. If I'm not in that environment, I was not going to be, um, you know, able to increase my average sales price, right? Because I was um, always doing what I had been used to doing. So I, that's when I decided and committed, and we moved market areas, and I started focusing on that higher price point uh, properties. So other than the the networking, um, and anyone can do this. You don't have to move. Start hosting open houses that are at a higher price point. Um, now, open houses are still on pause for a lot of areas, but I know a lot of areas have opened up. Um, technically, in California, we're still not allowed to do an open house, but I think that'll be coming back here pretty shortly. Um, I would do a ton of open houses on the weekend. I didn't have any luxury listings myself. I would find other agents that um, either were with my brokerage that had a listing. Um, if I didn't have someone in my brokerage, I would go after vacant listings in the MLS um, that were not with my brokerage. Now you got to check with your broker on that to make sure that that's okay. 
But what I found is if I had to go to a different um, agent that was affiliated with a different brokerage company and that home was occupied, they weren't going to let me host the open house for them because their clients might still be around. They're not going to want to have someone from a different brokerage uh, holding that open house. But what I found out on the vacant listings is especially if I offered value and service to that agent, that they, they were way more open to allowing me to hold an open house. So when you're holding those open houses, you need to be the knowledge broker. Tom Ferry talks about that a lot, be the knowledge broker. You need to study and be a student of the market. So what I mean by that is you need to uh, learn the comps, you need to know the sales, you need to know the market areas, you need to know the communities. That way when clients are coming in uh, to look at your property, then you're able to share <clears throat> that information with them and act as the resource for that community. And this, this probably holds true to every price point, but it, I think it's very specifically important on these higher price point areas that you know now more than ever, people are educated on, on the comps on the market. I mean, they all have Zillow app or Redfin in their pocket. So if they go in there and they know more information about the sales in your neighborhood than you do, then there, it's going to be highly unlikely that you're going to be able to pick up that client and, and start to work with. Um, so next thing I have on there was create content, right? So another way that I did it even back in 2012, and I would do it differently today, and I am rolling out more content and media um, kind of as we speak. But even back in 2012, I, I, I had a YouTube channel and I would go around to, um, at the time we were in the REO market, as you know, Jesse, and I would find luxury REO listings in my market. And there would be two, $3 million foreclosures in, in Newport Beach, Newport Coast. And I would um, get permission from the agent. I said, hey, would it be okay if I preview the property and do a little video for it for my social media? And most of them didn't care. Um, and I would go and, and uh, set up my my phone and shoot a video. Actually, back then it was a handheld camcorder. It wasn't, it wasn't my phone. It's so much easier today. You just bring your iPhone with you. Um, and I would create YouTube videos and it, I was starting to make it look like I was specializing in this market area. And I was actually, I would actually get leads from people that would contact me. Um, you know, the hook was the, a luxury foreclosure, right? And, you know, you can do the same thing today. Just don't make it a foreclosure, but it could be, you know, best luxury, best deal, you know, currently in the market on a, on a luxury property in so-and-so city. Right. And so, you know, the fundamentals are, are have changed a little bit today, but they're still the concept is the same. Um, I would go out to these market areas. And even if I'm just previewing property, I would do a Facebook live. I would I would like let people know, hey, I'm out here previewing this property at so and so um, neighborhood today and then do a little like walkthrough with them um, and then create content around um, the different kind of hot spots that a lot of people in the uh, area would like to frequent, right? So like maybe local local restaurants, um, local community places where, you know, people might take their kids or families, that kind of stuff. So those are kind of some of the things that I would recommend. And the more you focus on your, your area um, and show that you're really out there doing it, you know, that you're going to be known as kind of like, you know, someone who's, who's really specializing in that area. Um, one other thing that I did was I found a niche. So for me, um, I had gotten really into flipping houses and doing remodels and renovations and that kind of stuff. 
So originally I was doing that on lower price point properties. And what I decided to do was bring that model to higher end properties and um, started using it as a vehicle to, uh, you know, bring investments to my database and also to my network and raise money and capital around um, kind of doing luxury high-end renovations or, you know, new construction. So what that led me to, and it's not everyone needs to do this, but I'm kind of going into this for a point, is that um, if you want to break into a luxury market, um, find luxury builders and developers that are working in that market that are looking for products. And one of the things that I do now in my business is I've got a couple of um, great clients that are that are luxury developers. And because of my background and expertise and knowledge, which can all be learned, I source deals for them and I help them and I put the numbers together for them and I'll find whether it's an off-market deal or something that hits the MLS, if I'm letting them know about it <clears throat> and putting a spreadsheet together for them on on you know, their buy price, knowing what their cost per square foot to build is, what their exit values and putting the whole package together for them. Um, last year, um, I sold four teardowns, which in my market is between two and three million, um, to one of my developers. And I've got um, in the next 12 to 18 months, that's gonna turn into about $25 million in listings. Because um, the average price point of those is going to be close to six million. They're going to be about four to eight million dollar listings. So, um, going to your local developers, if you can find them a deal, they will buy it through you. Um, and the majority of developers and builders that I know, if you're going to find them the deal, they will then relist that property with you when you go to sell it. So, um, that's one of the things that, that I currently do is look for off-market properties, look for deals for my investors and developer clients, knowing that if I can find them the right deal, um, then I'll have, I'm, I'm baking in a luxury listing, you know, 12 to 18 months from now. Um, when you work with these clients, I was just glancing down on my notes here. When you work with these clients, you need to up your game on your level of service. You need to have a concierge level of service um, if you're trying to go after the luxury market. You know, a lot of these clients are used to being pampered. They're used to going to the Ritz-Carlton or Four Seasons and getting the, you know, five-star treatment. So I do this for all of my clients, regardless of price point. It's just the way I've always run my business. Um, but I always offer them, you know, the highest level of service that I can but making things as easy for them in their life as possible. These are busy professionals, business owners. Um, you want to be kind of always a couple of steps ahead and thinking about things that, you know, will come up in the transaction and just take care of them for them. Um, so I want to go back into a little bit of stepping up your brand and um, marketing, right? Because one of the things that I think is very important when you're trying to break into a higher price point market is if you're used to selling, you know, medium price point homes or, you know, $250,000 to $300,000 homes and you want to double that. And, and the marketing, in my opinion, can't be the same for both. Um, I think that what I've, what I've done in my business is stepped up my entire marketing to a luxury level um, of marketing level. Um, and I do that on all my listings, whether it's a, it's a six or $700,000 house or, you know, a three or $4 million property. 
Um, I have even the same photographer that shoots my $3 million homes shoots my $700,000 homes. Um, so stepping up your brand, you need to look at, I would say like what the top agents in your luxury market are doing. Check out their website, check out um, their marketing materials, look at what they're sending out in the mail, whatever they're doing. And you need to be on par with those luxury agents in your office. So if you have marketing collateral or a logo or branding that's created that you don't feel like resonates or matches up with, with the luxury uh, level brands in your market, then you know do a, do a brand makeover. Um, you, you can go on to Fiverr.com um, and there are the, the really cheap people on Fiverr that will create a logo for five or 10 bucks. But then you can go to someone who will charge you know, $500 to $1,000 to give you a whole brand identity. And I think that that's absolutely worth it to go find a, a good person that can do marketing and give your brand a makeover. And it doesn't matter what brokerage you're with, you're creating your own brand for you, yourself, your team. And then you can always put, you always put your brokerage logo on there. So Jesse, what I thought I would do is show a little bit of the kind of the marketing I do, if that would be helpful. Maybe yeah, absolutely. Maybe do a quick uh, share screen. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can share your screen. Go for it. Okay. Okay. Can can you see that? I got it. You got it. Okay. So you know, I I recently was um, the Gabe Cole Group, and I made a decision to form Realm Residential when I partnered with EXP Realty. Um, I created Realm Residential. I've created the branding, the identity. I wanted a high-end luxury looking brand and logo and look. Um, and it doesn't matter what your brokerage logo is, you can still create your own branding and identity. So um, when I talk about marketing, if you're trying to go after you know, multi-million dollar or high-end homes, your marketing has to be top-notch because the, the consumer that's selling one of these types of properties, if you're not you know, putting out a very high quality aesthetic standard for the marketing of their property, they're not going to be happy with you and you probably won't even get the listing unless you can show them the types of things that you're going to be doing. So here, here's an example of, of one that I sold in Laguna Beach for, for just under 4 million that we had the drone photos done. We had the aerial photos done. Um, I'll show you, I'll show you a little bit more of the website, but if you go to, this is not that expensive. If you go to relahq.com, relahq.com, it is a service that you can get single property websites done from. I think they look beautiful. Um, they're very high end. All you've got to do is pick from the different themes that they have. Um, but you need high quality imagery in order to put on these, because if you put crappy photos on them, then the website's going to look good. Right? So here, here's an example of just one aspect of the marketing that I do. Um, every, every property gets um, its own custom website. We do the 3d walkthrough tours where you can explore the space while, as you're walking through. These are, performed by Matterport. There's other service providers out there that do it too. Um, and then I do full-blown drone videos um, and video walkthroughs of the property too. But this kind of just gives you an example of, of the different um, marketing that, and you can check out this website, just go to 802rembrandt.com and you can take a look at it yourself. Um, 
even if you didn't want to spend a lot of money because you're on a budget and you need to create, you know, if you don't have anyone to create brochures for you that look high end. This, this website, Rella HQ, gives you an option to pit, to create brochures. This is like a four-page brochure that it, you just drop in the photos and it's got a very clean template that you can use that makes the property, you know, look, look beautiful. So that, that was one of my tips on kind of branding and single property websites. Um, here's, here's another one of those websites. Jesse, I think I'd like to maybe open it up for questions because we only got, I was just looking at the time, we only got five minutes left. Absolutely. I'm getting people saying that this is awesome, by the way, that they love it. So thank you, Gabe. This has been super good. Um, who, who, which one of you guys, anyone have questions that you want to make sure we have slave time to ask? Go ahead, Nate. You mentioned holding the open, when you're holding the open house for a different agent, particularly one that's not with your same brokerage. Yeah. You said how you add value to them. What's yeah. that? What's that? No, like? good, good, good question. Right. Um, so what I would do to add value, um, and if you're going to a vacant listing, right. And maybe if it's in the luxury price point, maybe it hasn't sold in a little while. Right. And so they're, they're they might be, they might be burned out on, on marketing it themselves. Um, I, the way I add value to the open house is I tell the agent that, you know, look, I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to get there early. I'm going to open up for it. I'm going to give you a report at the end of the open house of every buyer that's been through the property and what their feedback was. That way you can provide that to your seller. So it's a way for the listing agent to like, especially if they're lazy and they don't have a team member or themselves to do, do that open house, they can then go back to their seller and say, Hey, we had an open house on the property. Um, this was the feedback that we had. This is how many people we had through. So it's, it's actually showing their seller that that agent is getting the property promoted, even if they're not doing it themselves. Now, that's not going to work for every agent. Some are going to be guarded on their listings and not going to want to let you do open houses. That's why I said specifically, if you find the vacant ones, you're going to have a higher likelihood of, of that agent uh, allowing you. And sometimes you'll find the out of area agent, right? That, that really doesn't care because that's not their farm. They don't work that area. It was a referral or a relative that's selling their house. And they they do just want to get more exposure on it, so that's that's a couple of the ways that I would add value to that agent. Good answer, Gabe. I love it. Anyone else got a question? We got about a couple minutes left to the top, of the bottom of the hour. Has this been useful so far, guys? Those of you listening to the podcast, heads nodding. I guess if you're listening to the podcast at this point, you missed all the screen share stuff. So go back and check out the, uh, if you're still listening to the podcast, go, go back and go, go check out the YouTube version or, or, the, or the Facebook, anywhere else. Because Gabe, the marketing's beautiful, Gabe. All right. Go ahead, Nate. You got another question? Yeah, a side question. It's about your office. Is that a Regis office or a co-working space? Like it, it is a co-working space. It's actually WeWork. Um, WeWork is a, is a very, one, probably one of the largest co-working spaces out there. Um, we have Regis in my market area as well. Um, I was just more fond of, of the WeWork setup. Um, and if I had clients that were meeting me here, it's, it's a very nice high-end office space. And it's a, it's a really cool, fun environment. And we've got a pool table in the lobby and a, and a uh, nitro coffee bar. So... <laughs> 
but, but, but notice everything ties together. This is what I love. Like it's in terms of who you were targeting and who your audience is, Gabe, everything fits together, right? Michael's got a question. All right, we got a couple minutes. Go ahead, Michael. What's your question? What's up, Mike? He's on mute. Get, get on mute yourself, Mike. Hey, Gabe. How are you, brother? Good hey, to see buddy. you. Good to see you, man. Um, as I, as you probably see on uh, social media, I'm starting to branch more into the luxury. Just sold my first $2 million home. Awesome. Uh, happy yeah. about that. Uh, thank you for that. Um, you, you've helped me there. Uh, fun fact, Gabe was my first boss ever in real estate about four or five years ago. Uh, and now I'm back in passables trying to sell vineyards and, uh, luxury estate. So it's cool. Uh, my, um, you know, you said that if you were 21, you would have just started in the higher price point, or at least just tried to market there. Uh, my uh, probably main question was, I'm competing against one of the top brokers in Sotheby's International, a few of them. I'm competing against people who have been known as the luxury people for, you know, 20, 30 years. That's what I'm going into with uh, against enlisting presentations. Um, what would be your advice to a 24-year-old who is carrying himself that way, who does have the clientele and the buyers for some of these listings to, you know, I have the buyers for luxury. I'm not getting the listings for luxury. What would be your main advice um, to really branch out to that? No, that's a great question, Mike. Um, and just so you know, I, one of the things I forgot to say, I, I just did a deal. I closed a $2.3 million listing that I had. And the agent that brought the buyer was, I think, 25 years old. Um, and that was part of the things that made me think like, wow, if I, you know, if I started off in that price point, you know, um, it, where, where would I be now? Right. But at the same time, it, that, that part of it is definitely mindset. You got to believe that, but let me give you some technical advice on the, on the, on the listing side. Um, first of all, are you getting any at bats? Are you, are you putting any marketing out there that's actually getting you, uh, in the door? Are you getting any appointments and you're not closing them because the, that top Sotheby's agent or whatever is, is, is getting the listings. I'm having conversations. Uh, I'm putting out marketing, direct mail marketing uh, is pretty much what I'm uh, doing. I'm going to take a step back next week and review pretty much all the style of it all uh, to do that. I just finished R4 for Remax and I did two day kind of luxury thing for them. They just said, you've got to put like these four to five page pamphlets and just mail them to the top, like 500. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here, here, here's a quick example of like one of my, and I do, I, I play around with different things, but like this is a fold out brochure. It folds into, what is it? Four panels mm -hmm. uh, front and back. So this was like one example that could be a mailer that goes out. I don't know if you can see that very well. But, that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's nice quality, hard cardstock. Mm -hmm. um, but that, yes, the marketing and the branding that goes out to these homeowners needs to be top notch because that's what your competition is also sending out. The other thing that you might be able to do that maybe your competitors that have been in that market area for a long time aren't doing is mm -hmm. really go heavier on, on the, uh, digital marketing, right? You're, you're going to go heavier on your, on your Facebook ads and you're going to, um, create more video and, and get more viewers on, on things that you promote because you're going to be promoting them through through Facebook and, and YouTube. And then you can show that seller that, you know, yes, you do the print advertising and you get your property viewed through that, but you also have this entire digital marketing platform and plan that will get their, their property elevated and get thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of views online that the other agent is doing. So because you haven't been doing it for as long as that other agent, you don't have that track record. 
they used to refer to it as buying the listing, right? You, if you want to make an effort to get these listings, you need to put, um, if you have some money saved aside, put some more money toward the marketing, because once you get that first listing, you need to blast it. You need to put it everywhere. And then you can be seen as the guy that like got this property in, in front of, in front of like hundreds of thousands of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of one of the things that I would recommend. Okay. And final question, if I can, uh, do you, would you say that the luxury home marketing, like specialist designation, would you say that's worth it? I don't know if you have it, but would you, you cut out right when you said the word, say it one more time. Uh, yeah. The luxury, uh, Institute for luxury home marketing, uh, the designation you can get, I don't know if you have it, but would you say that's worth it? I don't have it. I've never heard of it. Um, okay. I don't, I uh, can't really say anything one way or the other, but I don't think it'll, I don't think it, a client will see that and be like, oh, this guy's a luxury institute, of blah, blah, blah. I'm going to hire him. It's, it's going to be everything else that you're going to do. And it's not going to be the designation. Okay. That's my Thanks. opinion. Perfect. Good. Thank you. Man. Good questions, Mike. Yeah. I love reunions. How fun is that? <laughs> Gabe, this is incredible. We're, we're at the, uh, if you guys have more questions and want to keep chatting with Gabe, by the way, like, reach out to him on social media. He's around, he's available. Uh, just Gabe Cole, C-O-L-E on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Gabe, this was awesome, dude. Really, really good stuff. Yeah, dude. It was fun. It was fun. Good talking with you. Happy Friday, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Bye, guys. We'll see you on Monday. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.